On this episode of the group chat, we are checking in mid-training camp and in lieu of it being debate season. We're throwing out some opening statements, including should we agree with the rants that D'Angelo Williams has recently thrown out there? I respect the fact that he's going out there and he's making this career and he is trying to be as honest as he can be, but also he's having fun. And I think that's fine. And how will the Panthers balance all the playmakers that they have on offense? The more likely big play scenario, I think, is involving Curtis and DJ. Yeah. And I think that's going to take taking some more shots downfield. Cam physically couldn't do it last year. I think, fingers crossed, he's going to be able to do it for a full season. We then finish with our mid-training camp MVPs. I'm a little bit split here. I wanted to give out co-MVP awards, but that never goes over well with those who win. All of that and more on this episode of The Group Chat. You've been added to The Group Chat with your friends Caroline Can, Max Henson, and Will Bryan. Welcome to the group chats. We're all sitting here. We think that we have our days correct, but with training camp, you never, we never really know exactly what day it is, how many practices we've had, and where, like, are we playing a game soon? Are they going to start playing? It's coming up. Yeah, next week in Chicago. There was a week zero game. Did anybody watch the Hall of Fame I game? didn't watch any of that. I heard that Atlanta had a fourth quarter lead and then blew it. Oh. Stop it. I think they did. Look at it. I think they did. Oh, my gosh. Coming out of the gate hot here. I like that. Good job, Will. All for the all for the people in the group chat. We, we do welcome you to the group chat if this is your first time listening. We're just getting this thing off the ground and running. And it was really fun on Twitter to see some people wonder how, like, this is this is a podcast. <laughs> this is not an actual group chat where we actually text one another. It's a so, cool idea, though. There is there is a group chat on text about the group there, chat. There is that. Have but we I, labeled it the group but chat I will in the say, text? No, because I think we're still trying to decide, <laughs> do we want to flood our producer with all of our thoughts? So I thought about going in and, and making just the three of us have the group chat, but then I didn't want Matt to feel left out. Yep. So we're still working through that. Matt, will you shake your head if you would like to be in the group chat about the group chat? Or if you oh, he's shaking his head, yes. He he's wants in. in. Does right. Matt have a nickname? Is he like producer Matt? Like what are we calling Matt? Mm, ooh, we've got to come up with this. Those of you listening, his his name is Matt. He's our producer. Come up with a name. Yeah. Thank you. Do yeah, our we'll job. We'll have to work on that. Yeah. Do you have, like, a DJ name? He's got a nice goatee working right I now. I know, right? You guys seeing that? <laughs> He's got the goatee, spiky, spiky hair. hair. I like this. He's got glasses, so he always wears headphones when we see him, so he could be, like, <laughs> headphone Matt or something like that. So we have, uh, all right, that add that to our list of things to do in this training camp of come up with a name yep. for producer Matt. But this is the group drive. This is your first, first time here. Good luck, because we like to have a plan when we come in, but like all good group chats... We don't always stick to that plan. So we have some things planned for you. I'm interested to see what Will's going to bring to the table because these last couple of times, Will has been who's gotten us a little bit off track. It's going to be great. There's going to be a lot of gifs or gifs, as Amy likes to say. Yeah. There's going to be some gifs thrown in here. Gif is peanut butter. Gif exactly. it's is peanut the butter. images that are sending. Correct. So. That's glad, correct. All right. Well, glad that's settled. All right. We're going to move into our first little segment here. That if you've been paying attention to anything other than football, you know that it is debate season. Okay, the Democratic debates have been going on. 
They've been fascinating, like all debates are. Not sure if anything gets accomplished, but we're going to do that here. So each of us have brought to the table an opening statement. So welcome to the 2019 Carolina Panthers training camp preseason all-in-one, really about this 2019 campaign. Welcome to our debate. So we don't have a moderator, so I'm going to be the moderator. Uh, We're just going to roll through this. Our first candidate up with his opening statement, we have Will Bryan. William William Charles Bryan? Oh, yeah, yeah, Oh, that's a good one. (laughs) Yeah, we got to reverse it, though. Is it really? Oh yeah, you're one of those who's Charles. So your first name's actually Charles. It's Charles. Yeah. yeah. You, is this a, this is Southern? This actually, Caroline? this is a two thing. I'm I'm a middle namer. Yeah. Why Wait. is in the South you guys do this all the time? I don't, don't doesn't make don't any. Don't say you guys. It's you're true. Here. It's y'all. It's true. It, yeah. It's y'all. First yeah. of all, <laughs> come on, Max. But why? I don't. You get moved it. here, buddy. If it's your middle name, like why not? Like I don't. All right. Understand. So the the big reason. So for me, my mom's name. Is Nancy. Yeah. So my name is a family name, Nancy Caroline. Okay. So for a long time, I went by the double name. So I was Nancy Caroline until I was nine. But everyone always shortened that to Nancy. Mm-hmm. Well, that's my mom. So I asked when I was nine okay. years old, can I please just go by Caroline so that I'm okay, my, that's my own person? So they, their plan for you was a for your name, name to be Nancy, Nancy Caroline. Caroline. Okay. Yep. And you just sort of. Yeah. But I feel like I've heard a lot of people like Will who. The plan at birth was this is your first name and this is your middle name, but then they just start going by their middle name like from the beginning. Like that's just understood as like no, we're gonna call you. But like, what sounds better? Like I guess like did you grow into this and it's like oh yeah, he's more of a Will than he would be a Charles. I mean, I was actually a William until more of a William. I was a William until college, and And I just started signing things Will because Mm -hmm. I'm like. There's a lot of options you could do with William though, so I'm happy that you landed on my sixth grade. My sixth grade teacher called me Billy. Yeah, no. that's weird. No. I don't like that. That's weird. That uh, welcome to the group chat. Yeah, that's exactly already. what <laughs> happens. <laughs> Thanks, Max. Right that was Max's there. fault. That was Max. Yeah, okay, sorry, Max. so everyone collect yourselves and let's go back to the debate season. First up in our debate here, our opening statement will be from Will, Billy, Bill, Charles, William the Third. Go ahead. Lay off D'Angelo Williams. Lay off him. Because here's the thing. D'Angelo, as much as I disagree with a lot of the things he says, and some of them are outright wrong, I respect the fact that he's going out there and he's making this career and he is trying to be as honest as he can be. But also, he's having fun. And I think that's fine. Like, I really do. I think I think it's fine for a guy to go out, to be out there in the media – and to trash whoever he wants to trash. He's literally taking a page out of a politician's book. I'm aware like, of that. This sounds like someone else that we know. Except here's the difference. Here's the difference. One of them, it's it's football and it's entertainment, and people are literally yep. like thinking this is the end of the world, and they have to like block him on Twitter and burn jerseys. The other one, like <laughs> there's things that actually like matter and like affect people. You know that have yeah. a, that have a difference. D'Angelo is just having fun. Like this is like worldwide wrestling to him. So, do you agree with what like some of the things that he's saying though? Yeah, yes. let's let, let's recap for some people who may not be aware of what was said. Okay, um, give us a little bit of a recap. All right. So, like for instance, this morning on FNZ, right before Max came on, um, D'Angelo was talking about it, the way that he felt like with the Panthers and with any organization, frankly, that he felt like he was just kind of a jersey. He was just a 34. He wasn't 
D'Angelo Williams. And I, I think for most organizations, that's how you know player players are a part of this. You know, they're the running back. They're you know this number or whatever. He he would he didn't want to wear the jersey when he went out to community appearances. He wanted people just to see him for him. And I think I think that there's something to that. And I think that it's honest to present that point of view that like listen. You know, I might play for another team. I might go to a different city. I might not retire and live here in Charlotte. I want people to know who I am and what I'm about apart from me being a good running back. Shoot, if I have a bad game as running back, does that mean that my contributions to this, you know, Habitat project aren't as good because, you know, I fumbled three times last week? Like, that's kind of unfair. And so, like, I understand where he's coming from in terms of that. The problem is he leads into that by, like, trolling this Twitter guy that, you know, maybe or may not like like him. And so he's going to like say something about the dude's, you know, family yeah. or something. So well, like, and didn't he also start, you know, he said some stuff about Cam. If, correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't he say something along the lines of if you take away Cam's MVP season, he's been a pretty like pedestrian quarterback. Right. So it's not just like it'd be one thing if he was just talking about his own experience. But he is now, you know, it, it's, he's been fairly consistently talking about other players and coaches and management and, and sharing those. I think he's hot doing. Takes. I think he's doing a really good job of making a name for himself right. now. That's right. that's his responsibility. Right. I think when I hear him talk about it, it's like that's that's great in theory, but it's up to you to make your name outside of football. You wouldn't be a household household name if we're going to put quotes around that. People wouldn't know who you are without the NFL mm-hmm. umbrella, without the Panther umbrella. So, yeah, we are going to put you in a jersey to walk out because there are some kids at this Habitat build or, or families that they don't recognize you away from football now, once you're there, it's up to you to make a personal impact with them. So it is one of those of, like, I agree, he's he's doing that now. He's making a name for himself now away from the NFL shield and away from the Panthers and doing all that. So I'm with you. I'm all here for it. But, woo! I know. Talk about, yeah. I mean, it's, you're it's, not getting that. You're not uh, having, if you want to be known for all of these good things, I'm not sure you're doing it right. Yeah, it seems like a concerted effort to trash former teammates and this team as much as he can. And I think that's where people's issue is. It'd right. be one thing if it was like, okay, yeah, this is an opportunity where it's a fair criticism and you know, you're pretty balanced with your views and you, you play both sides, you look at right. both sides, you do it in a way that's fair and balanced. It doesn't seem like that's his approach. His approach is seeming to be any opportunity. And even when there doesn't seem to be an opportunity, he just feels like taking his his right. shots, which is and I think that's what people have a problem. Which with. is the difference between him and Steve Smith? Because yeah. one could argue that you know Steve had reason to be upset when he left as well, and you know he now has a platform, he now has a mic in front of him, and he's taken shots when he's seen them to be relevant and journalistically, you know, Appro- appropriate. Well, appropriate. Yeah, he spreads he spreads a- it around. Right. He say, spreads uh, it around. I don't know if appropriate is the right word, but it's always right. entertaining in, in a good way. Right, but I mean, for the most part, Steve's right. Like he, and that's the problem with D'Angelo is that D'Angelo will say something that probably objectively is accurate, but then he's circling it around with all this other crap that's not because he's just trying to, you know, go right at one thing, which might be the difference between Steve having a long and successful broadcasting career and yep. D'Angelo making every once in a while appearances on first take. Yeah. And it's obvious that D'Angelo gets a lot of enjoyment out of playing this role. Like he's he's a big wrestling fan and to use like the wrestling term, he likes being the heel. Mm-hmm. Like he clearly likes being the guy that everybody is kind of booing a little bit. And I right. think he kind of welcomes it. 
Um, and it's obvious with his actions, and you know he'll say something, and then he'll hop on FNZ for an hour and talk more about it. It's it's, it's like a it's a vicious cycle that I think he gets a lot of enjoyment. Yeah, out of. he enjoyed every bit of his his appearance on the radio. Yeah, like they were literally arguing with him and going at him the entire time, and he was laughing, Loving and enjoying it. it. It's Loving like it. a Stephen A. It. Smith. He yeah. is right. This, exactly. this Stephen A. Smith esque person. So. I don't think uh, this opening statement, Will, is making it to the next debate because you agree and disagree with your statement, and it's easy to demand. Like, lay how off is, him. How is that not like every politician in the debate? <laughs> That's very yeah, true, I know, very but true. you're out. We're, we have to eliminate. <laughs> there has to be a next debate, and you get eliminated. So we agree, but disagree with layoff. Don't lay off. He doesn't want you to lay off. He wants you to continue yeah, that's barking a good point. at him. He's that's a good point. Bring it on. That's yeah. a good point. Yeah. <laughs> All right. There was your opening statement, number one. Going to number two, Max. Okay. How Take about the current running back on the Panthers, um, Christian McCaffrey? I think it's better for the Panthers if Christian McCaffrey has less touches this season. And this was a topic of conversation after Christian met the media camp and Orv Turner had spoken to the media and, and Ron weighed in. Everybody wanting to know, is he getting too much of a workload? Do they have to take some of it off his plate? This, that, and the other. I just think 107 catches is a tremendous individual season for running back. It's a record-breaking season, carrying the ball as much as he did over 1,000 yards. A fantastic individual season. All the, all the Christian McCaffrey fantasy owners are probably not going to like this. But from a Panthers perspective... If he finishes with, like, let's say, 70 catches and 37 of those other ones are spread around to guys like Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore, and Greg Olson, who hopefully is healthy, I think you've got a much more balanced offense, and they need to stretch the field in a way that you're not going to be able to with Christian. It's a lot of check down, dump off things. That was comfortable for Cam last year. I think if he's able to stretch the field with DJ and Curtis and those reception numbers for those guys are going up, I think you've got a much better offense that's going to be much more dangerous. So I think it will be a good thing if Christian, and I know he's not going to like this either, if his touches go down. So it's touches, not like I'm okay like with him being he out there. Catches the ball, or is it just when he's running the ball? Like what? Yeah, what catches is and like catches and rushes. Yeah, but you're okay with him being out there for. I think that's the a, plays don't bother. Yeah, me. That's a, that's a big distinction that yeah. Norvitz tried to make, that Christian's tried to make. There's a yep. difference between not, everyone talks about the 93 percent of the snaps. I don't have a problem with the plays, yeah, because right. I think right. that's the number people have been drawn to. Is like, oh my god, he's playing 97 percent of the snaps. That's crazy. Um, yeah, but he's not touching the ball every time. Right. And I, so it's not like he's dealing with the wear and tear of getting hit by 245 pound linebackers snap every snap. But he's blocking them. I think that. A lot like, of times he's running into the flat and he's just a decoy. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think that's the value of Christian in so many ways is he's going to attract so much attention that's going to open things up for the other guys in this offense. So I don't have a problem with the plays. It's the touches that I think, honestly, they just need to spread the ball around more. And I think. Curtis especially has proven that he deserves more than 45 catches. I mean, that guy's got the talent uh, that you want to see it. Um, and so I think his, his numbers need to increase. And there's only one ball to go around, right? If Greg Olson's going to be healthy, that guy warrants about 80 catches a year. So I think if all things fall into place for this team, Kristen's numbers should naturally take a little bit of a dip. I'm going to disagree with this. Do it. Because I think the – I think if he has the same amount of touches, I'm getting hold on. You think he will have or will not have the same amount? I he think it'd be better. I think it'd be better for this team if he has fewer touches. See, I think the touches stay around the same. I don't think he'll have as much as last year because yeah. last year was out of necessity. I think this year it'll be out of like we can do this. I think when you have a playmaker like Christian McCaffrey, you have to use him. Like I get. 
you know, you're going to be able to spread the ball around more, and that's going to be fantastic. But I think instead of him being a decoy, I don't think he'll play as many snaps. But I do think when he's in there, like, you have to give him the ball. He's explosive. He makes these big plays. I just don't think – I still think their goal is to get him to touch the ball as many times. I don't think he'll be catching it as much. I don't think mm-hmm. his reception number is going to be. But this team, like, running the ball – I just think when you look at who they're going to be spreading the ball around to with Curtis and DJ and Olsen and, you know, all of these ball catchers outside of that, I still mm-hmm. think he's a ball catcher in that sense. But they're going to be running the ball more effectively this year because you can spread the ball around. I think it's going to open yeah. it up for him. So I think he gets the same touches, just not as many snaps. I mean, the thing about it was they ran the ball extremely effectively last mm-hmm. year. Yeah. They were number one in the NFL in yards per rush. They finished fourth in rushing overall. I think they need bigger plays in the passing game. I still and think that's, that's the you're identity, not going though. to Yeah, I, look, look, they definitely want to run the ball at a high level. Um, but I think for them to be more successful on offense, and it, it's so hard to matriculate the ball down the field with 10, 12 play drives every time. And as explosive as Christian is, it's rare that you're going to get him in the flat. He makes three guys miss and takes it off for 50 yards. The more likely big play scenario, I think, is involving Curtis and DJ. Yeah. And I think that's going to take taking some more shots downfield. Cam physically couldn't do it last year. I think, fingers crossed, he's going to be able to do it for a full season this year. And that would mean then those check down options to Christian that were their best option last year. I think this year he's got to have his eyes downfield a little bit more and he's got to take more shots with those guys who've proven in camp so far at least that they're ready to take advantage when the ball's in the air. But, e- but even then, weeks one through eight, Carolina was six and two. I mean, obviously there were some things that were lingering. You know, the, be- the deep ball wasn't really there. We didn't really see it as, as much as we could have because we were winning, or the Panthers were winning. But six and two, Cam ranked 10th and had a, was on pace for a career high. Cam was playing the best football six, of his career. 67.3% yeah. Yeah. completion rate. Here's the thing. If you can go deep and if you can get the ball to DJ and Curtis and still complete at that level – yeah. Then, then absolutely. But yeah. if if you're if you're rocking back and you're going deep and it's not there and all of a sudden it's third and twelve when it could have been, you know, or it's third and ten when it could have been third and two because two four yard dump offs to Christian mm-hmm. worked. You know, yeah. I mean, like the thing with those dump offs, you're gonna get four to five yards. Period. Right. Like you're going to. He doesn't get stopped for losses. Yep. And I think as a defense, they're willing to give that up. Right. You know, we'll. I think a defensive mentality will be. We'll make you beat us with four and five yard dump off passes to Christian. We'll we'll live with that. And I think that's I think what makes this offense much scarier in the eyes of opposing defenses is the idea of Curtis Samuel. Yeah. One on one on the outside and Cam being able to hit him if he's open. Because we saw that last year right. where Curtis was open, the ball just couldn't get there. He, but he's gotta hit him. Exactly. You know, yeah. I think that that's the caveat. He yep. has to hit him, he has to be able to complete at a high rate. And I think we all just sort of are looking out for Christian, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we wanna see this guy have a really long successful career and he has puts himself in a position with his training to handle this kind of workload but I don't think anybody is really going to be mad if he's still effective and is maybe touching the ball a little bit less and they're and they're able to save him maybe just that tad bit but those legs get a little fresher in the fourth quarter well I love that my response and rebuttal to your opening statement is um, pretty much directly going against my opening statement so here we go. Yeah, what's yours? In the lieu of debate. Wait, and, and I in, get kicked out? In the lieu <laughs> Come of. Come on. Yeah, and uh, I'm playing the game correctly, okay? <laughs> I'm making a debate happen. You agreed and disagreed with your own opening statement. I have nuance. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so my opening statement 
is that Curtis Samuel is going to be a top five receiver in yeah. yards this year. So it's going How directly that? against that. But here's why. Here's here's why I think that. So when I was in Indy, T.Y. Hilton was always in that top conversation, but no one ever gives T.Y. the like respect of being a top receiver. Nope. But he always sneaks in in those top five because it's not so much that T.Y. gets the ball all the time, but when T.Y. gets mm. the ball, it's for a 60-yard gain down the field. Mm-hmm. He yeah. is that deep threat. I think we were talking about Curtis Samuel, the way that he has – been running routes in training camp making people look silly yeah okay the way that you know his speed of being able to get down the field the fact that you know him and Dante have been going at it like Dante is so fast and having the two of them go against I think it's so great for Curtis so I think it's going to be one of those where like midway through the season or three quarters of the way through we're gonna end up looking at each other and be like wait Kurt is Curtis that high in the receiving yards mm. because it's not going to be one where he's getting the ball all the time, but when they choose to use him because we're talking about spreading the ball around and being able to have all these different options, I like Curtis. You think his yards per catch are going to be very high? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think yards per think catch are going to I be would. very mm-hmm. high, and so with that, he's going to be in that conversation of you right. know top 10, top 5. I'm going top 5 for the sake of argument, but I think yeah. he is going to be up there, and we're going we're gonna to have a – a guy to watch at the end of the season. Of you want to weigh in? How many? Well, I mean, I was saying, like, it, just looking at that model from last year, the guy that was that, and he he got some pub from it because they were big, explosive plays, but he only had 87 catches, ranked fourth in the league in receiving yards, 17.7 yards per catch, Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's, there's some similarity there. You know, that explosiveness, yep. that ability to just all of a sudden, boom, he's gone and he's in the open field. You know, I mean, yeah. he had 12 touchdown receptions. I mean, obviously, there's all the off-the-field stuff going. But, you know, I, I think that there's there's kind of a model for what Curtis can be there. Well, I think, too, when you look at Cam, you know, coming back, he did make a comment in training camp of, look, it's still a process for me. I'm not all the way back. You've seen me make these throws on the field, but there's a lot going on behind the scenes where I'm still working to come back. If he is still working to come back and doesn't quite feel like himself, but he's been able to unload like he has in training camp, that's good. Yeah. That's a good thing. You mm-hmm. know, it's not something where we're not seeing him throw and he's still having to say it's a process. I'm still getting out there. No, he's saying it's a process. I'm still getting out there, but I've aired out some 60-yard balls for you as well. So I think when you see that, the way that Curtis has been running some routes, I'm excited that Carolina may have that deep threat guy to be able to give it, you know, let's move yeah. the chains down there and, and get the ball <laughs> there. And all of a sudden, hopefully at the end of the season, we're watching him in the, that yeah. Especially if you're rolling coverage to Curtis's side and then all of a sudden – you hit you hit uh, DJ on a ten yard in, and then DJ only has one guy to beat. Mm-hmm, like yeah. my goodness, he's yeah. gonna beat that one guy, yeah. and yeah. the safety's on the other side of the field running sixty yards down with Curtis. Yeah, I mean, it's incredible what they can do off each other. I, I I think we're all justifiably very excited about Curtis. I think the the thing about it is we just ha- we we've never seen right. Curtis play at this level that right. we're kind of talking about, and I think so that that's what makes it a projection. Is it's it's kind of gonna have to be a you know, we we have seen guys have amazing training camps and then not have amazing seasons. Mm-hmm. I am holding out hope that Curtis is going to com- completely take what he's doing in Spartanburg out onto the field on Sundays once we get into the fall. Um, but we just haven't seen it at a consistent high level yet. I think we saw glimpses last year in Week 17 when Kyle Allen got, got into the game and he could actually uncork some deep balls. You saw Curtis on the receiving end of it, and it kind of gave you a little bit of, of hope for, oh, well, what if it's Cam who's throwing those balls, and we're seeing that all of next season? So I think we, we've we seen a little bits and pieces, but to talk about a top-five receiver in the NFL and receiving, 
We have not seen Curtis come close to be that kind of player yet. Um, I think he's got the potential. Potential is a dangerous word in this league, so we'll find out soon enough. Um, but there's no denying the guy has been a stud throughout camp. Uh, I, I just have seen it that before not necessarily translate into success once the, once the games start for real. And I think, like, the preseason, everyone says it's not that exciting. They're not real games. But I think for this Panthers team, the preseason is going to be very telling because there's a lot of potential mm-hmm. out there. There's a lot of these young guys, and it's potential. And, yeah, they look great when they're going up against the guys they're comfortable with in practice – but throw them out there. I, I'm interested yep. to see against the Bears and, you know, the Bills and the Steelers and Definitely. New England. Like, those are some good teams with some talented guys that aren't your teammates. Like, the, I think it's a good preseason schedule. But the Bills, they know a lot of them. So it's still, you know, that kind of being comfortable in the preseason and being able to kind of still prepare uh, for the season. But I, I'm interested to see all of these debates. I don't think any of us will be running for office because – on a let's rate ourselves on what we think about this um, sad debate we just had. Well, like Will's into politics, so I think you actually would like to run for office, wouldn't you? Like, could you see that oh as my gosh, something? Please. I, I mean, I could sort of see. I it, could see you? it. I, I, did, I did like the youth and government stuff in high school. Yeah, yeah like Will I did too. I was in student it. government. Yeah. in high school. Not for me. Not for me. No. Yeah. No. Did you? You Not had to vote though, right? Yeah. In the in the student election. So yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Have you yeah. voted in a real election? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'll participate, um, but I'm not going to, you know, be the one running. Okay. But I could see you. I could definitely on a poster. See Will yeah. Billy William oh Charles, the third. The third just seems to fit you. You're not a third, are you? I'm. I'm not. My. It, so brief story. My my mom tried to add the Charles because my dad is a junior, and so we were rolling with. Because I have four names actually: mm-hmm. yep. Charles, William, McFadden, Brian. Yeah, McFadden is incredible. Yeah, just, right? just throw a McFadden in there. Yeah. So, so my mom just threw Charles in at the last second because my dad's a Charles, my granddad was a Charles, so she just kind of threw that in there. And Dad was like, "What? Why'd you do that? I don't want him to be Charles. I want him to be his own person." McFadden. Incredible. Wow. Yeah. yeah. We need to do something with that. Yeah. Is that a name or what? Say it one more time. The full name. Charles William McFadden Bryant. <laughs> I mean, it's, burr, 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 is that burr, a real burr, burr. <laughs> <laughs> That's a name. All right, to wrap this podcast up, let's go uh, quickly. Who the training camp MVP has been so far? We are not even halfway through training camp, so this is subject to change. But let's just go in these our observations. We've been at every single practice. We've seen them sitting in the lounge and going to meals. Who is it that is your training camp MVP? It can be player, personnel, coach, anybody. Mm. Willie starting us off. Gerald McCoy. It, I mean, from from day yeah. one, he was literally on the other side of the fence, signing autographs for everyone that was around, carrying helmets, carrying pads for guys. Um, he's now gotten to the point where like people were refusing, like, no, listen, you're not carrying my yeah. pads. But it, it's and he's been pretty good on the field too. Yeah, right? exactly. I mean, and then then you see him on one on ones, and yeah. he's just like blowing people seven yards off the ball. I mean, just this bull rush, and you think like. If you can get a bull rush there on the inside from the three man front, and then what you have coming off the mm-hmm. edge, like oh my goodness, like yeah, I, I think I think that was the thing that you know when you, when the stories kind of got out of you know how such a great guy is and how you know he was looking to give back, you know you saw some of like you know salty Bucks fans be like yeah, yeah well you know if only he was had a meaner streak on the field I'm like I'm telling you he's he looks fine on the field to me 
the accountability part too. He's always like making sure guys are running through the line mm -hmm. every rep. I think, granted, I was not here last year to see the defensive line accountability, but I just feel like it's higher uh, yep. because of Gerald McCoy. I've seen no him doubt. kind of leading that charge of the accountability. So that's a good one. Gerald McCoy, MVP number one. You want to go next? Yeah, I'll go next. go next. Okay, I'm going to go. I'm a little bit split here. I wanted to give out co-MVP awards, but that never goes over well with those who win. Um, so I'm going to go with a kind of obvious one, but Greg Olson. And, okay. And here's here's why. Uh, he has taken, like, still some conversation around his foot, and is he going to be healthy, and this is a big scare for everyone. But I think a big thing for this team is becoming a team. And there's a lot of new faces, a lot of young guys. Um, and what I've seen from Greg is – He'll sit in the lounge and like he's always sparking conversation with someone. He loves to talk. Doesn't loves he? it, and I think <laughs> I think for this team though, that's so important. It would be really easy for this team to kind of get in the monotony of just football, 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 not really get to know. But I mean, there was a conversation that he was having with Curtis Samuel, some of the receivers of like where Curtis came from and what he went through as a child and who, why he is the way he is, and like I think that's so important for this team because they're gonna. I mean, be around each other for the next, you know, until the playoffs that it's yeah. you you better like them and you better know something about them. So I think it's very important that this team does that. And so Greg is Greg and he's been very like fiery on the practice field, too, of like really getting after some guys. And it is like no BS on the football field, which is great. But he's taking that time to like invest in their lives. And this is probably a like very normal Greg Olson, but for me seeing it for the first time and, and my big thing with this team, I think I said it a couple of weeks ago was like, they have to become a team and that's what training camp is for, but not all teams capitalize on it. I think Greg understands that and he's being intentional about bringing this team together. So I'm taking more of like, yes, on the field, Greg, but really it's like, you know, when we're eating meals and we're sitting around and working, the guys are lounging of like, He's really making sure this team comes together, and when they break camp, they got something out of it more than just knowing the playbook. And talk about politics. Greg would love to sit in and have a discussion Ooh, with us about JJ his. JJ and Greg. It's actually, we need to do that. When yes, we're we're doing that. I, Someone I did, write I that it, down. I did it for last us. year. I, I don't know if you want to. Do yeah, that. Someone, it's one of those things. Where, like, be careful what you wish for. Well, right. someone write that down. Will you tweet at us later about? <laughs> hey, remember that time you wanted to be Greg and JJ? On? Will you just yeah. do that? Let's, yeah, those two could have a serious. Yeah, debate. we won't actually. We don't even need to be here. They can just come in and fill in. When yeah, we're going away exactly. or something, we'll bring yeah. them in. All right, Max, what do you have? Uh, I mean, I'll go Curtis Samuel then. I mean, to, he's been the clear standout throughout the first week or so of practices. Um, we talked about it a little bit just you know before. The guy has taken a huge step, um, really confidence-wise. I mean, I I don't think I've seen a wide receiver on this team since I've been here, play with this sort of swagger day in and day out of practice. Um, like I said, I'm hoping that this translates into the fall. But I'll tell you, right now in training camp, I mean, James Bradbury has got his hands full with him. And every day in one-on-ones, I mean, you know, we're out there with their phones up recording the five-second videos, and people are going nuts, and justifiably. I mean, Curtis is uncoverable right now in one-on-one -on -one situations. He's just so quick off the line. Um, and I think everybody is just kind of on that sideline watching him going, dude, this guy is, this guy's <laughs> about to explode. Um, and it's really exciting just watching him every day. He's been the star camp. Yeah. There's been a lot of stars of camp so far for the Carolina Panthers, which is a great thing, but we are what seven practices in 
more to go. Training camp is going to be in Spartanburg all the way through August 14th. So if you have not been and you're thinking, man, they've said some things I wish I would have seen in person, come on down. Head on down to those joint totally practices. Green. Yeah, the joint practices. Going to have yep. the bills down there. It's going to make things a little spicy. Yeah. I, would, I would definitely make my way down for those. It's totally free. Them. You just have to get to Spartanburg. Let us know you're there. Um, it's certainly a, a fun time, an exciting time, because they, they're they undefeated right now. The Panthers, they're doing That's well. Right. Completely undefeated. <laughs> uh, everything to be excited about. So we hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the group chat. Uh, we will be back and try and stay on track, but we promise we never will. We'll see you again. Wow, wow, wow.